You're listening to Marcus Sahaba online radio podcast. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes, uh, the program is uh, Medical Files and uh, a program uh, that we all look forward to with our medical experts. And inshallah, this evening we'll be talking to uh, our dentist, uh, Shabir Hassam, Dr. Shabir Hassam. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And with the listeners, I welcome you. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah for having me again, Brother Shafat. It's nice to be back. Uh, I, yeah, I know. It's always uh, good to be with you. And as someone, as uh, you know, before we started uh, talking, I told you I really look forward to you. I find you, you know, you're all embracing and you have that uh, akhlaq or the behavior of a true Muslim. You make me feel so relaxed. I mean, I talk to thousands of people, but with you, alhamdulillah, there's something about that. Perhaps uh, your trip to the UK, you know, Maybe it has something to do with that. It makes you all even someone that are more humble, perhaps, than the others. Maybe the queen uh, was not a good example. And you look at the queen and say, no, I don't want to emulate her majesty, the queen. I want to be like my Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Dr. Shabir, your comments. No, alhamdulillah. You know, it's... uh... I was just thinking, you know, the, the, I have a lot of people to thank in my life. And, you know, um, more importantly, the woman in my life, my mother and my wife, uh, they, the people responsible for all my successes. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I, like, I like what you said because, uh, you know, uh, we know this uh, very well, uh, the, that it is in the laps of the mothers that the future generation is reared. And many of us uh, do not take the time to recognize that and to tell someone that. And I'm sure if mommy is listening and if your wife is listening, you put a big smile on the face, uh, doctor. And alhamdulillah, jazakallah for that. Uh, you know, Allah, Allah bless you. I like that. I like it a lot. And uh, yes, yeah. I'm looking at all the questions that have come through. So let's uh, get it off, uh, doctor. We're going through the files uh, this evening. Asma Bain from Central Durban says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, uh, alaikum. Um, I love the doctor, sh- uh, doctor show. And she goes on to say, too much pansupari, my children are like too. Uh, teeth still strong, but many tell me to stop. What if we don't? Can dentist Saab advise me? Uh, from the tone of the language, I, I feel that uh, maybe Sister Asma Bhain is from uh, the Indo-Pak region. But uh, Doctor, your advice to uh, Sister, As- uh, Sister Asma? You know, the... Um, the- Pansapari chewing is, is a difficult one for them because it's it's like a habit, you know, like the smoking and uh, so it's an addiction. And uh, even though, you know, we can tell the addicted person that uh, the harms of uh, the Pansapari chewing that, uh, you know, this is a harmful habit that will most likely cause oral cancer. And if you get oral cancer, it's quite a serious condition. Uh, but you know they're addicted to it, and they they need to have it. So uh, they need to look at you know some some something which can break the addiction uh, and and other things. So sometimes uh, getting professional help, you know, you think well, you, you know, <laughs> it it seems ridiculous that somebody who's chewing pan or sapari needs professional help to overcome the addiction. Uh, but yes, you know, they they should try and seek some professional help to try and get over the addiction and stop the habit. You know, if they can't, uh, if they can't do it themselves or they don't have sufficient willpower, you know, we can just, we, those who don't smoke or those who don't uh, have the, the addiction, it's easy to say, oh, just give it up. 
but you know it's not su such an easy thing to to do um one of the tips that uh, i can give her is to try and change the environment which causes you to 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 chew the pan or the supari uh, and you know just throw it out of the house and 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 try your best inshallah I like that. And, you know, many uh, people, as you say, are addicted to the pan supari. And, you know, before we uh, you go to an uh, invite or to a function and a family function, you know, this, it was a craze. And uh, recently in Durban, you know, when our Indo-Pak uh, brother, brother from Pakistan had come, you found this uh, pan supari, you know, that with the chunna and with the beetle leaf and they put in the sweets. But some people, Doc, when they had one bite of it, they were knocked out. And as you said, it can become an addiction because there's so much of concoction there you don't know which is uh you know there's some drugs to put in, in quietly in there so that could be the danger doctor a uh, uh, quick comment from you yeah you know there's, there's some tobacco pond and there's the beetle nut itself uh so uh, I, I, you know, it's not something I've uh, I've researched a lot into because uh, I I I rarely see patients uh, uh, who have this condition. I know it's I have seen a few who have come uh, who, who have had uh, you know the, what happens is their mouth gets tight. They get this thing called submucosal fibrosis, so they can hardly open their mouth. So you know sometimes we need to cut the cheeks on the inside to allow them to be able to open their mouths again. So quite a serious condition. Um, and But generally, I haven't had a lot of those types of patients. I haven't researched or looked too deeply into what is the actual uh, products that are, are being put into these, uh, into this, uh, into this thing. Alhamdulillah, as you said, uh, you know, you still have to do some research to check into what goes into uh, Pansupati. You know, if you look at a tobacco smoker, uh, someone that's, uh, you know, smokes and uh, has uh, two, three packets of cigarettes a day. I don't know who does it nowadays, but uh, you notice that the nicotine that goes into the teeth uh, actually is a sore site. And uh, compared to the uh, supari and uh, tobacco, which is a worst of scenario, looking at the teeth of a, uh, uh, you know, a, a addicted smoker or an addicted pansupari person, uh, Doc? No, the pansupari, you know, is, is much worse because, uh, firstly, they, they develop these fine crack lines on their teeth. And then the orange stain gets into these crack lines, which are, which makes it pretty difficult to clean. And their teeth look in generally much worse condition than the tobacco smoker. The tobacco smoker, his staining is what we call extrinsic staining, which which uh, stains the surface of, of the teeth. And uh, a lot of them are able to clean the stains out quite effectively. So a lot of you get a lot of tobacco smokers without any stains on their teeth because, but you don't get the um, the pan supari uh, ones uh, who uh, uh, who managed to get this out. Actually, you know, I remember an incident uh, <laughs> when I was in <laughs> London. And the, I had this particular patient, and it was very strange to me because uh, he, he was from uh, Pakistan, um, and he was a male, but he was dressed as a female, and he was he had this the most horrible pansapari teeth. I, you know, it took me about two hours to clean his teeth. Mm. It was it was really <laughs> it was really funny, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, because I, 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 
they 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 males wear the uh, you know the the female Punjabi and uh, I don't know whether it's some kind of uh, Pakistan Pakistani thing or you know <laughs> you know in London you see all the strangest people I guess. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, looking at the culture, I think in Afghanistan they have a culture like that where men dress up, you know, and things like that. Also in India, there's a group that goes around. When there's a wedding, they'll come there and they'll start doing their things. You know, human yeah, mankind is funny, 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 uh, uh, you know, mix. And that's why we as, a, as Muslims uh, should be there. And, you know, don't be, uh, try and win them slowly but surely. Don't be harsh with them and then chase them away from Islam. I'm sure Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, I think Allah tells him in the Noble Quran, Oh Muhammad, verily if you were harsh, harsh of nature, they would have run away from you. But because of your soft, gentle nature, you win a lot of people. And our doctor, uh, Shabir Hassam, has that gentle nature. I love it. I just simply love it. Uh, looking, I mean, the doctor, I'm, I'm going to meet you before Ramadan. And some ajwa dates we're going to share together. Which one shall we have that won't uh, won't, won't let our tooth rot? Which date do you prefer? Uh, I prefer the um, the frozen ones. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the is it Yes, <laughs> I, I I like that. You know, and. Uh, with some cold, some some water, alhamdulillah, you know, it brings back memories of Medina Sharif. Uh, you know, the ones they put on the Dastar Khana there when, you, when you're breaking your fast. So when I have those, you know, I feel like I'm in Medina, near Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So those uh, spring back special fond memory for me. Alhamdulillah, don't worry, soon you'll be going back there, Doc. Soon, inshallah. very soon. Yeah, inshallah. Well, I tell you that, Rutu Banda, let's just go in your mouth. Hey! Doc, let's be honest. You, 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 you can't eat one. You have to have about how many? Tell the people. I maybe I have five or six. I'm a naughty guy. I whack it. And then I look at the one. Say, how many you had, chef? I said, no, I only had two. They say, Ramadan, you're lying. Then I say, okay, bring the medjool dates. Those big juicy medjool dates, and uh, I'll whack quite a few of that. But Alhamdulillah, really enjoy my dates, Doc. And and if if you have the sweet date with the. uh, with the uh, with the with the coffee, I mean that's that's also a nice combination. Now we we getting deep into this. You and I, I think I'm going to get you on a Ramadan morning show, and we're going to discuss <laughs> dates and our you know the combo that you're talking about. Inshallah. Uh, moving on, Harun uh, Harun T from Gravel says, "I'm an astute businessman. Alhamdulillah, I marvel at the teeth of my indigent employees, sparkling white." I am told they eat a lot of fruits. This could be a reason. Now, Dr. Shabir Hassam, I agree with this uh, brother from uh, Greyville Harun because definitely they have teeth that is, you know, sometimes uh, some will say whiter than white. Why is this so, Doc? So actually, you know, when the, the color of teeth is not on the surface of the tooth, it's, it's in a deeper layer in the dentine of our tooth. And inside the dentine of our tooth, uh, you know, Allah Ta'ala has made uh, has has made it such that there's a you know there's a color that comes through, uh, which uh, which shows out on the surface of our teeth. Um, so I don't want to get too technical because uh, into what I where where about in the protein that that color is located, but you know, suffice to say, for most people, 
to to know that the color is not on the surface, but it's in a deeper layer. And the surface layer of enamel is translucent, and we can then see through the enamel. We're actually seeing through the enamel, and the color is coming out from the dentine. Now, this dentine can be a different shades of white or, or can be colored uh, yellow. And sometimes uh, as we get older, we find that the outer enamel layer starts to thin down and more of the yellow dentine starts to show through or more yellow dentine forms as we get older or sometimes in response to uh, in a trauma or pressure on the teeth, etc. Um, so genetically, uh, we find that uh, uh, blacks have a slightly, not all of them, but a certain um, certain ones have um, a slightly whiter shade. You know, if if we record normally the shade of uh, adult uh, Asians and Caucasians, we are normally around. You know, about ninety percent of us are around the shade of what we dentists term an A2 shade. And uh, I've I found that there's quite a large number of blacks that are on the A1 shade. So there's just one shade difference. Um, but the other, the other factor is that uh, the contrast. If we contrast uh, between a, a darker skin color and a whiter teeth, then the contrast looks greater, so the teeth look whiter. Whereas if you are light paler skin and you have the same teeth color, then you know the contrast is not high, so the, t the teeth don't look as white. So it's a it's a it's a combination of contrast and a natural, slightly natural, slightly whiter natural uh, teeth that gives them this uh, this this lovely lovely beautiful uh, white teeth. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, you know, looking at the nature, looking at Allah's creation, and we say, Alhamdulillah, inshallah, we get blessed for that. I like the way you use the term Asian, Caucasian, and we can bring in African and all that Indian, the red Indian. Anyway, we, we haven't uh, studied them, but you being in the UK, you must have dealt with a lot of uh, Caucasian uh, people, a lot of Indians coming uh, your way, and as you said, it was A2 level or A1 with the African. Uh, you know, why is it that uh, some people's uh, feet goes so yellow? Why it looks yellow, although they floss it, they brush it, but it still looks yellow, Doc? Uh, so, so you know, there's firstly extrinsic staining, you know, where smoking and coffee and, and that uh, gives you what we call extrinsic staining. And then as we get older, you know, if you, if you know the common term, uh, long in the tooth, um, you know, it's a it's an old English saying that when you get older, you get long in the tooth. Now, what actually happens when you get long in the tooth is that your gum line recedes and the roots of your teeth start to show through. And the root of the tooth is more susceptible to becoming discolored and yellower in color. So a lot of people, uh, they're brushing hard away, but actually it's, it's, the color is coming from the from the roots of the of of their teeth. Generally, um, I, I don't know if you've noticed uh, if you've uh, you know in sometimes in uh, in the Middle East and that you find people who smile at you and they've got this very brown stained teeth. Uh, have you noticed that? Yeah, I think you know they're having a lot of Arab coffee, doc. 
Okay, so actually, what happens is that it's not it's not the Arab coffee. Uh, a lot of them are drinking uh, water from um, you know they, they they might be living out in as Bedouins or in in non urbanized areas, so they drink you know water from the well or borehole or you know from groundwater. And sometimes these groundwater sources are very high in fluoride, and so as the uh, as the young men or young ladies developing, uh, this fluoride is competing with their natural calcium when when their teeth are forming. So they get a condition called fluorosis, where the fluoride has replaced the calcium, and this fluoride becomes yellow or brown discolored. So, you know, they have this, uh, it's, a, it's actually a condition called fluorosis, where the, where the tooth has become damaged by excess fluoride from the, from the drinking water. Okay, lovely indeed. And like uh, in Cape Town, you know, the fluoride or the water causes that bocker tooth, you know, the people always, hey, most of the Capetonians don't have that front uh, tooth and uh, then uh, they call them bocker. So it's all has to do with the water, the type of water that we drink, uh, you know, dictates the color of our, uh, of our tooth uh, or teeth, uh, doctor. Uh, no, only if there's excess fluoride in the in the water. So normally, you know, municipal water is is well controlled, uh, and it has a certain level of, of fluoride. Uh, but you know, it was, uh, there was a time I think in the nineties, uh, you know, where where moms were giving children uh, fluoride tablets to make their teeth stronger, and this was was actually damaging a lot of the kids' teeth. Uh, and giving them brown, brown and white staining, white spots. So you find you you find you know the the kids ended up with a lot of white spots uh, on their teeth because of you know moms being over over fluoridating them with uh, fluoride. Uh, and what about our, uh, you know, uh, I, I can I can see that uh, graphically because mothers, they worry so much about the kids, perhaps there's a competition with the sister-in-law, uh, sisters-in-law where, you know, they say, hey, my, teeth, my, uh, my kid must have whiter teeth than that other grandchild or the grandmother. That competition is not healthy indeed, uh, doctor. Yeah, you know, it's not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's 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 not good to give any kind of uh, you know unusual supplement, and then and that's also you know today uh, we take a, you know a lot of vitamins and that, and we we don't actually understand uh, how and what they are how they're affecting us. We just you know we just think something is is beneficial, but you know in the long term can be proven to be non beneficial. Uh, case in point at the moment is uh, is mouthwash. You know, it, lots of people think mouthwash is very beneficial, but you know, uh, it's 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 actually quite harmful. I would say, in my opinion, because the the oral cavity is something which should have natural bacteria, and the role of natural bacteria in you know preventing a lot of uh, oral diseases and. Uh, Dental diseases uh, is important now to use mouthwashes which completely eliminate the bacteria in your mouth uh, is not is not a healthy thing and yes it's not a short term thing you know you somebody say well I use mouthwash and I have no problems but you know if somebody's using it now for forty years daily twice a day then you know we we might start to see some problems creeping up later on in the future. 
Well, doctor, let's do a scenario here. You know, we love our kalyas, the biryanis, the dalgos, and all these. You know, they have a lot of uh, um, masalas and the turmeric coloring and all. How does that affect, uh, you know, especially the Indian, how does that uh, affect the coloring of his teeth? Or, you know, has it got some uh, detrimental effect if you have too much of spice and perhaps weakening your gums or affecting your tongue, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, how would you comment, doc? So the you know the the teeth are actually uh, semi permeable, so they allow certain substances to pass in. But you know when we we when we we look at and we research uh, the color of teeth of Indians, who eat a lot of curry and and have a lot of spicy food and have a lot of colorant in their food, mm. compared to as I said Caucasians or or Africans or. Uh, there's, there's no there's no difference in the color of the teeth. So you know the color of teeth, the, the the food colorants are not something which gets absorbed into the tooth and changes the actual color of the teeth. And neither do they neither do we find that it's it actually stains your teeth. So these food colorants don't form stains on 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 the teeth at all. So Alhamdulillah, everybody can still carry on with their kalya and their whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like it. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, when you were in the UK, you know, you, I noticed you know, this is uh, Rowan Atkinson. He, you know, one day he described he described his food. He said, oh, I'm so tired of the cucumber sandwiches and fish and chips. I feel for a lovely rogni naan, a butter chicken, a chicken tikka. And he went on describing uh, the Pakistani cuisine. And, you know, it seems like uh, that uh, the Westerners have succumbed uh, to Indian cuisine and Pakistani cuisine, uh, doctor. Yes, you know, there's been a, you know, over the years, there's been a huge influx of, of Asians, uh, into the UK from, you know, from, uh, not only Pakistan, um, they were brought in, uh, as, uh, to work in the mills, in the cotton mills, I think. And then there were the, uh, North African Asians, uh, from Kenya and that which were, which then resettled into, into the UK. And, you know, Asians, wherever we go, uh, you know, we take our food with us and we take, you know, and food business is, is, is huge in, 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 in the UK. Um, if if you ever have a chance, you know you should uh, uh, visit places like Southall. And uh, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's like you've stepped into you you know you just jumped off a London bus and stepped into India. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it, and in Indian uh, the Indian population has has evolved as well. You know, uh, from parents uh, owning takeaways. Uh, and corner shops, you know, they they've made their children into uh, accountants and lawyers and doctors, and uh, you know, so they they've uh, from those little uh, Indian takeaways, you know, they they've climbed high into society, and now uh, you can see the UK the uh, members of Parliament are, are from Asian communities. 
Absolutely, yeah. They're doing quite well there in uh, in uh, the UK. I remember, you know, Sheikh Dirat Rahimullah uh, going to Birmingham, uh, being, you know, warmly welcomed there. And uh, as you said, uh, lots of mosques were bought off by the Asian community or the Arabs helped them out and converted. Uh, churches were actually converted into mosques and things like that. Really having a fascinating conversation uh, with uh, Dr. Shabir Hassam, who's detentist uh, this evening. And, you know, so much is like to be sitting in our lounge and having a simple discussion. Time for us to go for a break, and inshallah, we will continue after that. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes, uh, it's uh, our program, uh, Medical Files, with uh, Dr. Shabir Hassan. Alhamdulillah, he has a mashallah practice here at the atrium in uh, Durban Overport and very popular indeed. I mean, the way he's uh, talking to me, who wouldn't want to go and smile at this doctor and, you know, let him look at your tooth, the whole thing, the whole tooth, but nothing but the tooth. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Shabir Hassam, are you enjoying yourself this evening? Alhamdulillah, it's, it's really nice uh, to, to always be talking to you is lovely. <laughs> no, uh, Alhamdulillah, very same yeah, it's very reciprocal actually, very reciprocal. I really enjoy your company too. Meru Namasi, she says, Shafad Ba, you make all your masis very happy on Marcus with our Mufti AK Hussein too. Allah keep you all. Can a, a tooth transplant be rectified? One family member went to India and it all is messed. <laughs> Please ask to expert dentist. Well, Masi says, hey, someone went there, Merun Masi says, and they went to India. And now, can that uh, tooth transplant uh, be rectified, doctor? Uh, I think she's referring maybe to a tooth implant rather than a tooth transplant. Uh, tooth transplant is, you know, where you take... Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? I didn't pick that up. To uh, Doctor, apologies to Doctor Chris Barnard. It's a uh, okay. Go, go ahead, Doc. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 common practice that a lot of people you know travel to get the dental work done uh, in India because uh, you know of of the cost factor uh, because it's 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 much cheaper, um, you know, the the cost of dentistry there is much cheaper than in South Africa, and especially for complex work such as implants. And um, the, uh, you know, you get very good doctors there, and just like in South Africa, you can get very good doctors and you can get uh, not so good ones. Um, so, it, and even with the, you know, you can have the best doctor, best surgeon, both here in South Africa, Complications in in dental and medical surgery is is common. You know, we we uh, there can't be a surgeon or a doctor out there that does the surgical work and says, "Oh, I've got a perfect record. Nothing goes wrong in my hands. I've got brilliant hands." You can get the best surgeon in the world, and he will say that things go wrong. It it does happen, and when things go wrong. Um, we determine what is a good surgeon by his ability to rectify this. Uh, the problem becomes, you know, when people then travel overseas and uh, things go wrong, not because in India you get bad doctors, but it's just the nature of things. Uh, so now that means that they have to either travel back to India and with the current situation of COVID, it makes it 
quite difficult for them. So what I would suggest to that patient is to see uh, a local dental specialist or get referred to a dental specialist, uh, someone who specializes in dental surgery, and get an opinion and see if they can rectify it. Inshallah, they will be able to rectify it. Everything is possible. Anything is possible. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to be uh, e always that easy. Sometimes it might be easy. You know, it might be a simple problem. Uh, a, uh, a little fitting screw has come loose in the implant, which can just be tightened up and, and, and problem sorted. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and they told me about the transparent uh, uh, braces. You know, how popular is that? Uh, and when has this come across? Because, you know, I remember braces when a person put on a braces and you could see that, hey, that person used to be embarrassed. You know, don't look at my braces yet. I'll come right. Don't worry. But now I believe you have this translucent uh, braces, uh, doctor. Talk to us about that. So uh, the original form of this um, of this uh, transparent braces or what we call clear aligner therapy uh, started, uh, I think it, it was around 2008 or so in, in America. And um, uh, what happened was it, there was this uh, Pakistani engineer. It was a Pakistani engineer. Uh, that, well, that's the uh, story that, <laughs> that I heard. Um, and he he wanted to have his teeth straightened, but you know he said he doesn't want to have these wires done, and he formulated this way of doing it uh, using this thing called clear aligners, and he developed this whole concept and business called Invisalign, and he obviously because it was an original idea, and you know it, it being American. Uh, they they put all their patents on it on, onto it. So Invisalign treatment, typically, if you wanted to have Invisalign treatment and you were in South Africa, the dentist would take some um, measurements or moles of your teeth and then send them off um, to America, and then they would give you these clear aligners to place on your teeth. And you, uh, what it does, it pushes your teeth into place. So when you put the clear aligner on. It pushes your teeth a little bit and you wear that for about a week to two weeks. And then the next one is ready immediately after that. And that pushes it a little bit more and a little bit more until your teeth have been straightened. So that's a very, very, very basic idea of how it works. But in recent years, the patents have fallen off and also technology has gone has has caught up so the thing that uh, you know it's it's funny you mentioned this but the the next bit of technology that i'm investing in my practice is a what we call a scanner so if a patient comes in we don't need to take a mold or impression we now can use a scanner to scan his teeth into 3d into the computer uh, use the computer to design the movements that are needed. And for each movement or each set of movements, the computer then gives me a, uh, a model which I can 3D print and make these clear aligners on. Uh, so we are looking at doing that all in-house uh, for a future uh, tre uh, orthodontic treatment. It's, it's technology which is still growing and we are... We're growing with the technology, and it's, it it can't 
yet do everything braces can do, but it can do quite a lot. And especially for adults who don't want to wear braces and who have, uh, you know, a few crooked teeth, it's absolutely brilliant in, in, in the way it works. I tell you, Doc, uh, that question came through divine decree because, hey, you're up to speed, Doc. I always knew that you're up to speed <laughs> in that area. And mashallah, you know, I'll give you a lot of barakah because uh, you really uh, have brought that to layman's language. And this is what people want. They do not want this highfalutin language, but you really bring it uh, to the people at grassroots levels. Looking at uh, Gulam, Gosu's, uh, Gulam Gosa from uh, the Western Cape, he says, Assalamu alaikum. I love uh, crunching carrots, cucumbers, etc. Molos are strong, but front teeth wobbling. <laughs> Uh, front teeth wobbling, fragile. Can they be strengthened? I am 68 years old. Well, uh, Gulam goes. Uh, how do you re- uh, respond to him, doctor? So, you know, uh, without uh, looking at Gulam, <laughs> I can, you know, more or less, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds like he has uh, common uh, gum disease, which he has had been carrying around for now for about. Uh, over 30 or 40 years and you know it started in his late 20s and 30s and it's something which usually affects the lower front teeth so that's why his molars are strong but these teeth have become loose and why have they become loose is because he 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 started to develop uh, a build-up around his bottom teeth now this build-up around the lower bottom teeth occurs not for everybody but there's quite a large amount of people who whose saliva secretes an excess amount of calcium, and this calcium forms a buildup around the the lower the the lower front teeth, and it's not painful, you know, it's just builds up over the years. But underlying it, what's happening is that the bone around the teeth is slowly over the years getting eaten away, and thirty years down the line. When you are in your 60s or late 60s, you find that at the end stage of the gum disease, now the teeth are loose. At this point, to go to the dentist uh, uh, and try and save those teeth is going to be very difficult because the, the natural bone around the teeth have been eaten away. So we can't fix these teeth really to anything very securely. You know, So the, the end result is going to be uh, most probably he's going to need to have those teeth extracted and some kind of prosthetic place to re- to replace those teeth, unfortunately. You know, Doc, uh, sometime uh, I was looking at the Tabu Mbeki the other day. He was, uh, you know, on an interview. And I looked at his uh, teeth, you know, his front teeth. It looked like, you know, a shark tooth. Uh, do, you know, perhaps those are the, uh, what do you say, those things that they implant in you. They don't look so natural. Why is it so, Doc? No, the the implants look very natural. It's uh, I don't know why Mr. Mm. Becky it looks like shark teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, lots of gap. And I said, no, man, this guy dentist didn't do a good job. It's all you know, wasn't you could see gaps there. Oh, are people still using dentures? Uh, people still use dentures. Yes, a lot of people use dentures. Uh, you know, you you might find you you'll be surprised. Uh, it was quite funny that, you know, the, this one lady said, as one patient of mine, she said, you know, I was so worried I was wearing a denture. And when I was at the um, at the office uh, 
function with all the other ladies and, and you know, it embarrassed her to take out my denture. And when I took out my denture, four other women took out their denture as well. <laughs> so a lot of people you might be interacting daily with, uh, they may be wearing dentures, you know. Uh, I had a patient once, she would never, she would, uh, we would uh, have to, you know, she would come in for sedation treatment and she would say, you make sure when I leave this room, my dentures are in because my husband doesn't know I'm wearing dentures. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you Amazing. might have, uh, you know, Mrs. Khan's mouth, whether there's dentures there. <laughs> no, Alhamdulillah, you know, mashallah, very uh, particular of oral hygiene, got the latest oh. high tech, you know, she even uses, I don't know, this uh, Hakimi medicine, that method, and, you know, we're very particular about uh, she and I, and at my, uh, Alhamdulillah, uh, one, two extractions, but uh, the, the gums are good and the teeth biting into all those uh, uh, chops and steaks and all Alhamdulillah, praise Allah for that. Yes, sir, yeah. Doc, uh, looking at Dawood Imsomi, he says, a strength to Marcus Sahaba, they install a decoder in my home and all neighbors listen. I hear of uh, body parts taken from dead people for transplant. What about a teeth uh, transplant? Okay, we know it's implant now. Uh, teeth uh, uh, implant. Uh, uh, I think he means teeth transplant, you know, because if it's... Okay. If it's oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, you got me. You got me with your UK, uh, you see that colonized mind today when I know he's from UK, he's from the <laughs> British Empire. Hey, you, you colonized me this evening, okay? You're absolutely <laughs> right, uh, doctor. So he goes and say, I hear of body parts taken from dead people for transplant. What about teeth transplant using a deceased tooth? Ish, I'm listening. Doc, how do you comment to uh, uh, Dawood in Somi? So the you know this the uh, it's it's not a a crazy idea you know in, in the 1700s and 1800s uh, a lot of uh, British den, den, dental surgeons were trying this out that they would take um, teeth from uh, from dead people and try to put it into uh, into the living but you know the the problem being is that to get the right fit and right size. So you know, you, you, <laughs> yes, you're absolutely. If, if 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 I had seen you on the road and you know I was missing a front tooth and I, I would look at your front teeth and I say mm, that one might fit me and on the way home I would I would knock I would knock your tooth out and and, <laughs> <laughs> and then try to transplant it into my own, you know. But uh, uh, and you know, in those days, uh, it, uh, a lot of people were getting, uh, you know, they were transferring diseases from, from one person to another, you know, syphilis. There was this case of people uh, getting syphilis from, from tooth transplants and, you know, so quite a nasty business uh, and not really uh, something which is practiced in modern, modern dentistry. Um, however, uh, auto transplant is something which, which can be done. And that's if you have a, uh, like a wisdom tooth, uh, you can take out the wisdom tooth, and if you're having another tooth extracted, then take that and transplant that tooth, your own tooth, into you know from one place into the other. 
Interesting, very interesting indeed. And that syphilis study is uh, shocking. So this on a tooth trans uh, implant or transplant, uh, syphilis uh, can come about. That shows how important oral hygiene is, uh, what you eat and how you carry on and how you respect yourself. It's so important, doctor. And uh, Gora Chacha, Gora Chacha says, uh, Bhai Shafat, please uh, forward to dentist. I am a senior citizen. My time, uh, a visit to the dentist was easy as a breeze. Now it uh, cost an arm and a leg. Why is this so? The Garib are literally eating with their gums. <laughs> you know what, uh, Doc? Uh, Gora Chacha perhaps is making a valid point? Yes, you know, it, it is a valid point because, you know, we... we uh, yes, it, it is good to be highly technological and have all expensive equipment to do high-end uh, dentistry and high-end surgical work. But at the same time, uh, dentistry should also be available to the to the poor, and as Gora Chacha says, to the uh, to the Karib. But you know, in today's time, you know, everybody has a choice. That there are facilities available, and also everybody has a choice in which dentist they go to. This some people might say uh, that oh, this guy is too expensive, but he's not. He's expensive because this dentist is expensive because he provides a certain level of service. So for the garib person, there are also available uh, level of service uh, for them. You know where they have to. Uh, they can, you know, they have a toothache, they can get their tooth extracted at a government facility. And most government facilities have uh, dental uh, dental clinics. You know, you go in the morning to the hospital or to the clinic and you, uh, before one o'clock you see and you have your tooth extracted and this is a minimal fee. Uh, so, you know, as with everything in life, there is, you know, there's different levels and different prices and each person needs to choose what is what is suitable to their pocket. But uh, for, a, uh, for a dentist to provide implants at, you know, at a, say, for 500 rand, it's not it's not a feasible uh, thing because you know it costs him much much more than that. Zakala for that, uh, doctor. Uh, well answered. In a cool comment collected, Rosia from the Mid South Coast says, "Every time I go to my dentist, he X-rays and then polishes my teeth, and then says, Mashallah, keep that medical aid update <laughs> updated." Personally, I find that so obnoxious. What is the panel's views? Well, Doc, I'm just a. I'll be out of the panel. I'll leave it to you. Go for it, Doc. In, in, in some sometimes we we don't choose our words correctly. You know, we, uh, the first part. You know, mm. when the dentist did mashallah, uh, you know, he should have followed it up that you know you're looking after your teeth well, and return every six months so that we can we can monitor that you are not picking up any uh, tooth decay problems because pain if, if if you go to the dentist when you're in pain only then you're going you know when already there's there's been severe damage to the tooth 
The tooth doesn't pain when it's when it needs a simple filling. The tooth pains when the nerve is damaged, when you need a root canal treatment or an extraction. So if you're going to the dentist in pain and thinking that he's going to do a filling, that's not working out because it's most likely it's an extraction or root canal treatment. So by her going to the dentist every six months and he exiting, he's actually checking that she is uh she uh she she's not picking up any cavities so he x-rays it she's got no cavities he cleans it for her because that's what she helps prevent the gum disease but his last comment should have explained to her what he was doing and not uh not uh and not uh offending her by saying keep up your medical aid so it's just you know <laughs> He's not chosen his words correctly, but he's doing good yeah, stuff. Yeah, good thing, but uh, yeah, don't just be so crude and say, hey, yeah, make sure your medical rate is right, <laughs> and I'll chuckle in the end, but it's not right. I like the way you said it, Doc. Uh, Noreen Apa from Overport, uh, she says, when in the 60s and 70s, uh, the older generation accepted the plight of false teeth and hearing aids, uh, uh, that will be the plight today, Thanks to technology, they enjoy these faculties as well as they were 30. Okay, I, I think I'm getting the gist here. Uh, comments, please. Uh, she, perhaps she wants to, to tell us that there were these uh, false teeth of, uh, in the 60s and 70s, the hearing aids. But uh, today, with the advance in technology, uh, they can use all this, but they feel like they're 30 years old. Your take on that, Doc? So, uh, you know, she, uh, I... I I, I think I get the gist that, you know, she's talking about in, uh, they, they accepted their plight of of uh, false teeth and hearing. Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, with, um, with modern technology that they are now uh, having implants and they're having, you know, uh, all different technological things which makes them feel much younger, you know, they don't feel like old people because one of the things that makes you feel old very quickly is losing your teeth and having to wear false teeth. You know, I've seen patients look, you know, they it, it just adds 10 years to your life immediately. You know, you can see a person transform. I've seen people, you know, because I deal with patients, I've seen people transform into, you know, suddenly into old people. Uh, you know, when they lose their teeth. So it's it's a real disaster. Mm. You have to lose your teeth and have to wear false teeth. Your face collapses, all that. Alhamdulillah, you know, Allah Ta'ala has given us something now more with technology that we can try and uh, not, uh, you know, we can try and rever reverse this or try and improve the situation that we are not losing our teeth firstly. And when it comes to losing our teeth, we can put in suitable uh, suitable replacements so that we don't have to wear a, a prosthetic. A prosthetic, remember, when someone had to wear it, they had to wear it. If you don't have legs, you're going to wear a prosthetic leg and walk around because you have to wear that. Uh, the, it's not the most comfortable thing. It's it changes the quality of your life. It changes the amount of happiness you have in your life. You know, I find quite commonly, people. Some people say, "Oh, I'm, I'm you know, um, they'll be sixty, and they say, "I only got a few more years to live." So, what is the point? The point mm. is that 
you've got a few more years to live. You want to live happy or you want to live unhappy? You want to enjoy the, the kalya and eat, uh, you know, all the biryani and enjoy it? Or do you want to get half the taste because half your mouth is full of plastic? So those few years of your life, you want to be unhappy and then die? Or you want to be happy and mm. die uh, with a smile in your face? You know, <laughs> yeah. So you, you know, it's it's not it's not an invest. It's an investment in your happiness. It's not an investment in your the thing. But we we neglect ourselves. We neglect ourselves to the point that we 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 make ourselves unhappy. That you know we 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 and then what we do is we leave this inheritance, this large inheritance, uh, for our children. Uh, for them to come and to squander it, you know. <laughs> so it it was it's such a waste. They'll take one. They'll take they'll they'll take the you you you're done without teeth for for twenty years. You die. You leave the money that as soon as they get the money in their pocket, they're off to Dubai. They'll spend it in one weekend for you. And so you had all that un- unhappiness for their for their you know for their fleeting happiness. So you know, we amongst the older people, we you know we need to look after ourselves. We need to, you know, th- these are simple things, you know, which we should get right in our heads. Tell you absolutely brilliant, doctor. Unfortunately, we have run out of time already. As I said, a very relaxed consultation with you. Your parting words this evening. Um, my parting words is Alhamdulillah. Uh, you know, all praise due to Allah Taala that he has uh, given me the ability uh, to use one of his ni'mats of healing uh, to earn a rosy. Alhamdulillah. And I thank Allah Ta'ala. And then as I said, started off, uh, I thank the two most important women in my life, my mother and my wife. Alhamdulillah. Hey, I tell you, this Ramadan, they're gonna, you're going to end on a lot of kilo juice. Hey. They're going to spoil Dr. Shabir Hassam here. Doc, always a pleasure having you on Madhka Sahaba. You have a blessed evening ahead. Talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair for having me. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, listeners, uh, keep it locked on to Madhka Sahaba for a beautiful broadcasting. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan. And inshallah, we will continue after that.